you can start making your way back to your seats now. I'm going to have to declare that our time of fellowship is coming to an end. All right. See, that wasn't so bad. And, and I'm just going to say it like up front. If you're like the person that says, I'm going to come in, sit on the back row, and I'm going to leave, and I don't want to talk to anybody, you probably don't want to come to church here. And that's nothing personal. It's just we're, we're going to get to know each other. Um, and that could be hard, you know, and a little awkward at first, but in time it really pays tremendous uh, dividends. Um, so this morning, I want to go ahead and say this up front. So this morning is going to feel a little bit different. It's going to feel a little bit different than a, like a normal like sermon uh, that you might expect moving forward. Um, I want there, it to be more of a conversation. So next week we're going to step, uh, step into a series that is going to be on the gospel. Okay, It's going to be a, a seven-week series really hitting the highlights of what exactly the gospel is. And then we're going to jump into a series on what does it mean when Jesus says, come follow me. But today, I want to try to paint just a broad stroke overview of what we're trying to do in establishing a church on the west side of Elizabethan, Redstone Church Elizabethan. Why are we doing this and what's it going to look like? Okay, So there's parts of that as we go through it, you may be like, can you clarify you know, can I ask a question? It's okay. We can do that here. You may not choose to. You may want to wait till after the service is over, but just know you do have that freedom. So how many of you all were ever in a club of some sort when you were young? Or maybe you're in a club now. Okay, so this is Jeremiah. What club were you in, Jeremiah? Ah, yes. Okay, who else? Who else? Sunshine, right? German club, okay. What else? Any other clubs? Okay, okay. Right. So, I love it. So did your clubs have a president, vice president, treasurer? Did you have like a charter of some sort? Did you have like a meeting schedule? Yeah, right? You remember like, what was the one from the Little Rascals? Some of us are old. And we, what is it? Yes, the He-Man Woman Haters you know, Club. So you got to have a charter, you got to have a mission, you got to have a president, maybe a vice president, you got to have a treasurer. What else do you have to have? People, right? What else? A place? Yeah. Okay, so when you look at Redstone Church Elizabeth, and right now we have... Um, help me here. So Cam's back in the back. He's working sound. He's the guy that's getting like all of the legal stuff. So can we have 501c3 now? That means we're officially a nonprofit organization. We have a bank account through Carter County Bank, right? Um, signs. Where's Jesse Smythe? Is she not in here? Yes. Yeah. So Jesse designed our signs for us. So if you haven't met Jesse, you need to. And she's like the creative person, and um, and Luke as well. So they're 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 creative. Um, and then the sign. Did you see the sign when you come in the parking lot? Right. Only in Carter County do we get a sign and attach it to a truck. Right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we've got signs. We've got bylaws. We've got elders. Okay. We um, we've got a treasurer. We've actually got a podium. It may look a little awkward in this gymnasium. This looks very Presbyterian, and this does not. 
doctor enough Chick-fil-A. Um, but it fits because it was free, and we said, yes, we will take it. So we've got all of these things in place so we can start a club or we can start a church, right? And I've said for years, my personality and the people I know, I could start a church. I could. I could assemble a people that I know. I know people that sing. I know people that just are organized. I know enough people in this area. I could start a church. It's not good enough. That's not what we're attempting to do. So just understand that. We would not be here today. I would definitely not be here today if we did not feel and if we did not sense that the Lord of the universe has asked us to plant this church and saying, well, we've got bylaws, we've got podium, we've got a sign, we've got a meeting time, we've got people. It's not enough. Okay? So what we're trying to do is understand that the church is the church of the living Christ. It's a living, breathing organism that he loves dearly. And this is the tool in which, for the most part, he works through to reveal himself to other people. I mean, how overwhelming and how daunting is that, especially if you're standing behind our free Presbyterian podium, right? There are butterflies because we understand that the Lord is doing uh, a good work among us, okay? So what we want to do is not make you laugh, you know, share stories just to be sharing them. We want to be about finding out who God is, what does his word say, what is it about? Why do we live? Why has he given me breath? And what am I supposed to do with these breaths that he has given me for the rest of my life? I don't know. So if you come in here today, and if you're like, I don't know God. I know some of you all do, but I don't. And I know, I know that there are people that are amongst us today that do not know Jesus. There are people that are here that probably think that they know Jesus, and they really don't. That's okay. There are people that are like, I really have doubts. You are in the right place. I've said it multiple times. It's not meant as a slam to anyone at all, but this is the island of misfit toys. You've got a history. You've got a past. You've got struggles. You've got doubts. You've had sin in your life. You know, all of these things. This should be a place that you can come to reconcile those things and to find out, is there hope for me? Right? So that's what we're going to try to do. But we'll always begin that using the Word of God. Okay, so Yeshua Hubbard, Joshua Hubbard. So Joshua, I, that's the Hebrew, right? Yeshua? Okay, so Josh is going to, he's going to read our passage for us. So Josh, why don't you stand up? And the worship guide will always have the passage in it, okay? So, uh, hey, before you do, we want to get to know you a little bit. Josh, are you married? Yes. Okay. Tell us who you're married to. Jana. Y'all got any kids? Ooh, I knew that, right? Tell us, who are they? You'll never read again, will you? <laughs> um, what, do you what do you do for a living? Yes, so Josh is at Doe River. First time I met Josh, he had dregs down to like his waistline, and um, he's, he's much cooler than I'll ever be. So like, what are your hobbies you like to... Yeah, he's... so. And hunt, yeah. So, Josh, if you like go with him somewhere and you've got like a canteen and you've got like coffee in it, his might be beaver stew, you know. And I'm being serious. He's that guy. This is Jeremiah Johnson, right? If you've ever seen the movie, that is Joshua Hubbard. Okay, so uh, all kidding aside, Josh, we love you, and I want people to get to know you. 
he and I had lunch together yesterday, the day before, and one of the things that came out of that conversation was this desire that he and Jenna have to minister to people that are leaving high school and they're kind of in this in-between stage. We take kids out of high school, we send them right to college, and a lot of times they're not ready and they're trying to find themselves. They change their major 47 times, they drop out of school, then they end up going back later. So there's this gap that's there, and he's trying to get those people that are in that gap and just love on them and nurture them for a season. So God speak to you with that. We'll pray with you about that. Okay, what's our passage this morning, and will you read it for us? Okay, follow along in your worship guide or in your Bible. Okay, very good. Now look back at your worship guide. What words just jump out at you? I just want you to spit them out for us. What's a word that might jump out to you that you see? What was it? It's, I didn't hear you. Apostles. Okay, what else? Fellowship. The teaching of the apostles, the fellowship. What else? Devoted. Okay. Generous hearts. Awe, A-W-E, awe. So as you're reading the, the passage, we really want you to dig in and pay attention to those kinds of words. So if we go back and we look at this passage again, okay, let's just kind of follow through together. And they devoted themselves. They did a little word search. I love this definition. Persisted obstinately in. That's a hard word to say. They devoted themselves to. They attended constantly. This is something that they were committed to. It changed their life. Um, it affected their time. It affected their relationships. It affected their money. They were devoted to the apostles. And you're going to hear these over and over. You said apostles. The apostles' teaching, that's what we're trying to do right now. There's, there's a teaching that's going to take place to the fellowship. When you see the fellowship there, understand that this is a noun. It's not a verb. It's not they were fellowshipping, right? It was a group of people. It was a community of believers that were coming together. So this is a fellowship. And when we are meeting and greeting, we are fellowshipping. Okay, so the fellowship is fellowshipping. So they were committed to the fellowship, the local body, the assembly of the church. Okay, koinonia is the word if you care about that. Uh, The breaking of bread, which we'll talk about, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed, they were together. They had all things in common. There was a like-mindedness when the Spirit of God was there. They wanted to be uh, with one another. I looked up a passage this morning, uh, I think it's Psalm 122.1, and it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God, right? When the Lord changes lives as he did in this passage, you don't be like, oh, crud, we have to go to church again on Sunday. I'm expected to be there. It's something you really desire to do. You really do want to grow. And that's what was happening um, here. Okay, and it goes on to give some other things you know, that were happening. You've got your, your, your word there. You've got your own Bible. You've got the worship guide. But it's paying attention to those uh, details. So as we look at who is Redstone Church Elizabethan, I wanted to use this passage as a framework for us. Okay, I can't negate the fact that I have an educational background. 
Okay, so I have to use some of that. So the educational background, I come from a classical Christian school, and in the classical Christian school, we teach something we call the trivium, and the trivium basically says all learning goes through these three stages before you can really get it, okay? So the trivium would be the grammar level information, and that's what we're going to hit this morning. So what's the grammar? What's the basic information? And then the logic level would be, okay, so here's the information. Now, how do these uh, you know, uh, parts fit together? And then the rhetoric basically is, now, what do you do with that? How do we go about you know, taking this information and doing something useful with it? Okay, for example, um, Shane, where's Shane? Uh, it doesn't make sound. You've got new drums. So he's really, really excited about drums. So this is grammar level. This is a drum set, right? There's a guitar. There's Jen's guitar, right? It's a guitar. So that's grammar level. Just knowing the instruments is the grammar level. Now, you got to learn how to read music, right? So reading music would be like, oh, okay, so I understand there's different keys and so on and so forth. I have no idea what I'm talking about because I can't read music, okay? Um, I know basketball. Basketball, that's the grammar level. That is a goal. These are the lines, okay? And then there's this thing of like, okay, so here's the rules. If you go over this midcourt or if you get fouled, you got to stand behind this line. That's grammar level information. And then the rhetoric level gets you to the point where you're like, okay, you ready? Go. And you actually play a game or you actually come together and you jam together. You know, you worship together. So what we're going to try to do today is hit those three, okay? So grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And at the grammar level, you're going to see a couple of things. And you might want to make notes, okay? Four things stand out. There was teaching. That's number one. There was the fellowship. That was number two. There was breaking of bread, okay? And that can be meals or that can be communion. I think both apply, and we'll talk about that. And then there was prayers, okay? Those are the four things that we're using foundationally to help you know who we are and where we're going to go on a weekly basis at Redstone Church Elizabethan. Okay, so at the grammar level, when you look at the teaching, there's a passage in John 17, 17, if you want to look it up, and Jesus says this, and he's praying to the Father. This is before he's crucified. This is before he ascends into heaven. But he prays to the Father for us, for future people that would believe in him. And he says, sanctify them by your truth, comma, your word is truth. Sanctify means to set them apart, to begin this process of making them holy. And he says, God, Father, set them apart, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. So the teaching comes in that on Sunday mornings, for the most part, every Sunday, you're going to hear some kind of a teaching. I want to be creative with that. So there's some different things that we might try because I won't, you know, don't want to get, get into a rut where we're doing the same thing all the time. But there should be some elevation if this really is the Word of God. And the Word of God says all Scripture is God-breathed. This really is the Word of God. If we really believe that, we ought to pay attention to what it says. And our instruction should be less about the charisma of the speaker and their ability to you know, keep your attention, and it should be more about what does the Word of God say. Okay, So there should be teaching that should take place. The fellowship, um, the fellowship that should take place here that I hope that you're going to see is going to come from a passage 
in Ephesians 4. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. If you want to look it up, you can. But in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. So in this role here, Sam and I would be shepherd teachers, okay, as elders. And, and listen to what it says, why we're given. It says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And what that means is we exist to help equip you so that you can use your gifts to do what God has called you to do to build up his kingdom. And what that also means is that if we're going to apply that and live that out, it can't be the way church was when I was raised where you had the pastor and then you had the associate pastor and then you had like a deacon board and they pretty much did everything else, everything and then everybody else just you know, showed up on Sunday mornings. Um, it shouldn't be that way. It can't be that way. And if it is that way, then we're doing something wrong because the body of Christ, as we see when we get to the rhetoric level, is about equipping you so that you can go out and do the work that he has called you to do. Okay, the third thing is the breaking of bread. Okay, the breaking of bread um, at Redstone Church, you're going to see it in two specific ways. Uh, the first way that you're going to see it is that we actually will take communion here every week. We do not have a theological leg to stand on that says that the Word of God requires that you take communion every week. There is one passage that says that they came together on the first day of the week to break bread or you know, to share a meal. We're not sure which one that it was. Um, but Jesus says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. He doesn't say you need to do it on a weekly basis. But we want you to know it's just part of our culture here. And as you keep on coming and listening to the gospel and better understand the gospel, you'll understand why we say we really want to take it every week. Um, we're going to take it this morning. But the gospel that is in communion is something that we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. Okay, so we're going to take communion on a regular basis. The other thing that we're going to do here, what is today, the 12th? Right, so the first um, Sunday of each month, we're going to have a worship service, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to put up the chairs, and then we're going to get out the tables, and we're going to have a meal. Okay, and that's part of the breaking of bread that you're going to see. So once a month, we're going to break bread, and we're just going to hang out and uh, stay here as long as we want to. Um, not as long as we want to, right? But we're going to stay, you know, stay around and really get to know each other at a deeper level. And that happens when you break bread with people. You know, when I have lunch with Joshua, you know, we get to know each other at a deeper level. So going and, you know, sharing a coffee with someone or sharing a, a lunch with someone is one of the greatest ways that you can get to know them individually, but collectively for us to get together and share meals is one of the best ways that we can get to know one another as well. Okay, and then the prayer. Did you see what we're trying to do with the worship guide? We're trying to take Sunday mornings and basically present it as a prayer back to the Lord. Jesus himself says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If we do nothing else right, we should learn how to pray. I, as pastor, do not understand the mystery of prayer. I speak words to God and I'm asking him to receive them because of what Jesus has done and I don't understand that, just like I don't understand how the Word of God is used to change someone. But I will tell you that I am someone who has been transformed by the Word of God and by prayer. And a lot of others have been as well. So as a body, we want to learn how to commune with the Lord. 
and commune with one another, and we want to learn how to pray. And if we could take Sunday mornings and, Father, hallowed be your name. Before we even step into worship, let's remember that, you know, you are hallowed. You are separate. You are awesome. You are great. You are a grandeur. You know, you are all these things, and we are not. So let's remind ourselves of this as we step into worship. You know, as we go through the whole worship guide, um, you know, give us this day our daily bread. This is the word of God, right? It's our daily bread, right? And after we understand what the Lord has taught us, we, we're convicted by that. What do we do with that? God, forgive us. Forgive us and help us to forgive other people in the same way that we have been forgiven. So just taking the Lord's Prayer and working through it on Sunday mornings, that's one of the things that we're going to do here. Okay, now here's the weird part, right? I'm actually going to hit pause. This is the grammar of what Sunday mornings are going to look like. What are you hearing? Does that make sense to you? Do you want to pause? Do you need clarification anywhere? Do you have any questions about that? You actually have freedom to do that out loud on a Sunday morning, right? So any thoughts before we even move forward from anyone? No? Okay. So that's the grammar of what we're going to try to do. And then the logic is going to be that we're going to teach, fellowship, break bread, and have prayers in homes, okay? If you have been a part of Redstone Church, Johnson City, and so that people will kind of know what we're dealing with, if you were a part of Johnson City for a long period of time, right, raise your hand, okay? So you've probably got about 40 to 50% of the people that are in here right now came from Redstone Church, Johnson City, but the rest of us did not, okay? So one of the things that you probably won't see in Elizabethan, you could, but probably won't, is that we probably will not be having church services on Sunday evenings and on Wednesday evenings. There's nothing against that whatsoever. So this is not throwing a rock at those churches that are doing that. Great work can be done there. But with intentionality, what we're saying is large body, hard to get to know people at a deep level, how do you walk with people closely? When do you get to the point where you feel comfortable confessing your sins one to another that you might be healed? When do you get to the point where you can understand someone's burdens and you can carry their burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ? And I'm giving you the word of God as I'm sh sharing those things with you. You can best do that, we are learning, when you have a small community of people that you're committed to. Okay? So at Redstone Elizabeth, and we're really going to push pretty hard for people to be in a community group. And you may say, okay, your community groups meet on Wednesdays and on Sunday evening or Thursday or whatever night. I can't. I work second shift. That'll never happen. Okay? That's okay. You can still be a part of our fellowship, right? But it might be good to still connect you to a community group because, as you'll see in a moment, we want those people to, to be there for you when something does happen in your life. You, know, you find out that your mom's diagnosed with cancer, you know, or you find out that you know, you're losing your job or whatever. Who do you go to? Well, you can come to the pastors, but it would be great if you've got a community of people that will take you, love you, help you, serve you, and that will uh, bend over backwards um, to just walk with you the whole way. Okay? So community groups is something that you're going to see. And as I said before, Sam Adams is our community life pastor. So teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer, this is what that might look like, okay? So you hear the Word of God on a Sunday morning, and um, use next week probably as a greater example of that than this week, because this is more of a conversation about where we're going. But you hear the Word of God, you look at the passage, 
And what normally happens when you go to church? You're like, oh, wow, that was really good, or that was confusing, or that was deep, or that was something. And then you get in your car, and you go home, and you eat a meal, and you go through your work week, and then you come back the next Sunday, and you get a different passage, right? And you're like, oh, wow, that was deep, or that was confusing, or that was whatever. And then you get in the car, and it just repeats itself. And what we're trying to do is reel that back in and say, what can we do to be a little bit more intentional with that word that we heard on Sunday morning, okay? So we will hear the word of God on Sunday morning, and then we will, at some point in time, on the back of your worship guide, we'll have some questions, some probing questions. And we'll want you to spend some time during the week to go through and look at that passage again, dig in a little bit deeper, um, try to answer those questions as best as you can, and then step into your community group And now you're going to dig in as a community. And you're going to be like, I did not understand what it meant when it said to vote. Does anybody have any thoughts there? Or you can say, man, I was so convicted on Sunday. And I'm I'm in a place where my convictions can come out in a natural way. And I wouldn't feel bad about that. So we take the word of God, we receive it, but we're providing space for there to be a repentance to take place. Okay, and then for application to take place, because then we can say, okay, well, we get it, we understand it, we dug in deeper, but what's the point, right? The Word of God is given to us to change us so that we can take it and we can apply it, and within a community group setting, you can learn how to apply it. You can learn how to live out the Word of God. So that's what the teaching will look like. So if you've never been a part of a community group or if you've never been a part of a Redstone community group, it'll take you a while to kind of get into that rhythm, but at some point in time, you're going to be like, I don't know what I would do without these people. I love them. I cannot wait for Wednesday night. It's like my favorite night of the week um, because it's real. I've never felt comfortable being honest about my struggle, but with these guys and gals, I can do that. And that's what we've been doing. And I'm not speaking theoretically. I'm speaking because I have experienced it, and it's changed my life. And we want it to change your life as well. So um, the fellowship part where you're committed to these individuals and these strong relationships are going to take place. Um, The breaking of bread. So what is breaking of bread for those of you that have been a part of Redstone for a while? What does breaking of bread look like on a community group night? Just spit it out. Do what? Big table. Okay, so big table is something where we have like once every couple months where we open it up and we have like a whole spread and we invite people to come in and it's great. It's basically a party. We might play cornhole, we might play games, and it's just fun, but we definitely eat. On a weekly basis, do you all eat? Yo, yes, right? And it's great. And we have, I don't know, somebody brings homemade guacamole. You know, it, somebody, sometimes they do meals, sometimes they do snacks, but the breaking of bread takes place in community groups where we are eating chips and salsa apart from one another and laughing and getting to know each other. I'm telling you, it's magic. And something magical happens when we can begin to eat together. So that's what it's going to look like with community groups. Okay? Um, And then our prayers. Of course we're going to pray because you're supposed to pray when you come together as Christians, right? But that's not what we're talking about here. We're saying we're to the point where these are my 10 people that I'm walking with, right? These are my 10 people that I meet with on a regular basis. At a minimum, I should pray with them when I see them on Wednesday nights, but I should also be praying for them pretty much on a daily basis or on a regular basis. And it just becomes a part of your rhythms. Like I would get up and you know, if you know me, I get up early in the morning, I get into the Word and I go for a prayer walk. And as I'm walking, I'm praying. It was just a natural thing. Who are the people that are in my community group? 
you know, husbands and wives or with their kids or whatever, how can I lift them up by name? And that's what we're wanting to have happen here, where, where you really connect to a certain group of people, but they are not just someone that you love hanging out with. They get in your heart, and they get in your heart because you lift them to King Jesus on a regular basis. Quick reminder, in Ephesians 6, which is this great passage that talks about how our struggle is not with flesh and blood. It's, it's never with flesh and blood. It's with the enemy and the principalities of darkness that come against us. And there's two offensive weapons that are given in this passage. Everything else is defensive. It's a sermon within itself. I'm not going there. But I want you to know is that the only two offensive weapons that were given were, number one, the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and the other one was prayer. Okay? If we want to be victorious as a church, if we want to overcome the enemy, it will never happen unless we take the Word of God and unless we take praying seriously. It just will not happen. Thoughts, questions, pushback before we move on. I don't even have a lot more. This is going to be a short service. Thoughts? Anyone? Nobody. Sam, you don't have any questions? No? Okay, okay. Okay, so the results, and let's go back and look at the passage again. Let's go back to the Word of God. Look at 44 through 47. Okay, 44 through 47. And all who believed were together, had all things in common, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is where you see the rhetoric come in. Because the more that we come together on Sundays um, to teach and for fellowship, and for breaking of bread and for prayer. The more we go into community groups so that we can further dig into the Word of God, that we can really commit to a deep-seated group of individuals for fellowship, and we can really just break bread and get to know one another, and we can really start praying for one another. The more we do that, the Lord begins to change our hearts, but He also changes the way that we live. And what we see is, here's a couple of them that are outlined in this passage. We will begin to care less about stuff and we will be begin to care more about each other. We will become generous. We will become more hospitable and in inviting people into our homes. We will take care of each other when needs arise. We will have glad and generous hearts, and we will learn to praise God and praise God together. It'll change our rhythms. It'll change the way that we live, and that's where the rhetoric is. The basic information, how it all fits together, but now what do I do with that? I become more like Jesus. I change the way that I live and who I'm living for and what I'm doing as I'm living. This is not approved by the elders at Redstone Church. This is the first time Sam's heard this. But as I was thinking about the rhetoric at Redstone Elizabethan, it sounds something like this. Redstone Church Elizabethan is to be a church equipped by constant reminders of the truths of the gospel amongst a people empowered by the Holy Spirit who are committed to each other and to following Jesus and seeking His kingdom together for the rest of their lives. That sounds pretty bold. That's the vision. That's the rhetoric. 
you begin living out the gospel, in short, your lives will be recalibrated for the kingdom's sake as we learn how together to follow Jesus, to truly be Jesus' followers. And what will God do? It's, out, it's here in the passage as well. Verse number 43, He will all us. He will all us. 30, 47, He will give us favor. Also in verse 47, He will save people. He will add to our congregation on a regular basis people that are coming to faith in Jesus. That's what we're about. I mean, that's where we're going. It's to learn how to be a Jesus follower. Now, the culture of what that's going to look like, hopefully, hopefully there will be a lot of simplicity that will keep things simple you know, for us. Hopefully, Ephesians 4 will truly be lived out where it will be the body being the body and not just looking for a couple of individuals. Hopefully, there will be such an openness that's here that there's no question that you can't ask. So if you even have questions today, you know, put it on your little sheet. Put it back in the box or stick it in my hand or Sam's hand. And we'd be glad to meet with you, right? Hopefully there would be an openness that is there. That's the vision. That's who we're trying to become um, as a congregation at Redstone Church. And I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Some of you don't believe. You just don't. You're not at that point yet. I would say, come back for the next seven weeks. Let's slowly begin to unpack exactly what the gospel, which means good news, is. Let's begin to look at the gospel. Let's, let's dig into it, see what the Word of God says. That, and here's what will happen when we do this. And you'll hear this again next week. Some people are going to hear it, and they're going to say, nope, it's not for me. And they will reject it, and they will walk away. Some people for a season will say, I hear it, give me more. I'm still not there yet. And some people, their hearts will be pricked and they will be broken and contrite and they will receive Jesus immediately. That's what's going to happen. So we will, without reservation, try to be as articulate as we can in helping you to understand what the truth of the gospel is. But I can't save anyone. Only God can. He's the only one that can save people and add to our congregation on a regular basis. Let's take a minute, and we'll do this after we preach, just to go before the Lord and to be still to make sure that it sinks in. And then afterwards, I'm going to walk us through communion. So just bow your heads and just spend a few minutes with the Lord. Amen. Step into a time of communion at this point. So our communion servers, if you can go to your stations and... We're going to do this differently from time to time. Um, today, um, I would say, you know, do it as a family you know, or with your friend or what have you. But I don't want everybody to partake of communion. There should not be any pressure for you to partake of communion. So let's briefly walk through this. Communion is to remind us of what the Lord has done. Okay? The Lord says it this way. He says, this is my body, and I'm going to give you a visual you know, picture and he says, this is my body that was given for you. So this is the body of Christ, and he gives it for us, okay? And then he says, this is 
the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. So here's the blood of Jesus, and you may not fully understand this yet, but the blood of Christ has the ability to forgive you and me of all of the sins that we've ever committed. It's amazing. It's powerful. And Jesus then says, as often as you partake of this bread, my body, and partake of this cup, you do it in remembrance of me and you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. So the reason that we do this is to be reminded that all of our sins are forgiven. We also do it to remind ourselves that the same Lord that created us and that did these things, he's actually coming back one day. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So who should take and who shouldn't? I've seen this. Some people walk into communion and they're like, man, I stunk it up this week. The sins that I committed, the struggle that I had, I am not worthy to partake of communion. And I would say, if you're a believer and if you're saying that, you're missing the point. That's the whole point of communion. Your sins may be so great and the blood of Christ is either sufficient to cover all of those sins or it's not. This is the time to confess. This is the time to say, God, I am sorry. I stunk it up and I committed many, many sins. But I believe that your blood is sufficient for covering all those sins. And therefore, I choose to partake. And you partake, you receive, you remind yourself of the gospel, and you walk away in victory. Okay? Or you may be like, I don't believe yet. Then don't take. Then you shouldn't take yet. You'll get to the point where you'll understand the gospel and then you can partake. That may be the first time that you've ever taken the moment that you truly believe. Um, but just, we have a moment and we're going to have people go to the stations and you can you know, stay in your station and you can pray together. Um, you can go back to your chair that's completely between you and the Lord, how you do it. And if you're like, I'm just not ready for that yet, then that's okay. There's no pressure here. And we want you to feel comfortable in your, your season of doubt and unbelief until you get to the point where you do believe. Let me pray for us. Lord, this is your body that was given for us. And this is the blood from the new covenant that was poured out for us. Lord, as we partake, I pray that we would do so in remembrance of you and proclaim your death and the fact that you are going to return. Change our hearts to the truths of the gospel. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just partake whenever you're ready. You can just stand up and go to the stations.